Poetry Dose. Can you hear that? Nature is with us today, everybody. Poetry people. And it's a good thing. It's raining like crazy here on the East Coast. And although our poet today is originally from Texas, um, the poem that you're going to hear right at the head here is uh, one that takes place in New York City. Without any further ado, here's Ginny Weihart with her poem. And I'll see you on the other side. On coming across Christina's world at the Museum of Modern Art. One, the grass is yellow, as I recall from the picture I first saw, cut from an art teacher's magazine and hung behind my mother's desk, next to the Garden of Earthly Delights. Christina still strains on matchstick arms for the farmhouse where the family lives. The wind whips her hair from the knot at the nape of her neck. Her dress is as white as the buildings. I don't remember thinking it old-fashioned. The magazine didn't show the flaking paint on the planks of the house or the diamond-shaped shadow like a kite, a specter, caught between rising and falling. I never noted the slashes of paint in flight above the shed. Are they leaving, or do they come for her? The real Christina, I read, had been this way since childhood. Limited physically, but not spiritually, there's nothing to be sad about. But I think the writing wrong. We knew that kite. That specter, too, and the birds in the periphery were coming. Two. All I found written in her hand were recipes and a note in a bag of letters pulled down from a bulletin board that last, last day of school. From her hospital bed, she had called for the sketches of her father that my father had thrown out. To distract her, I painted her toenails, saw what the nurse had let go, how hard it was to tell dead from quick. And now Christina's world in the passage between a bathroom and the fifth floor cafe where people pass too close on cell phones or chewing gum. There's no room even for half an hour to make the painting mine, though I stare hard enough to gain notice and press my back against the wall. Like all these loudspoken living, I'm just passing through. There's life after school, my mother had written on the notepad she used for the grocery list, her daily to-dos. And then she'd said goodbye to Kiln, Potter's Wheel, and carried a final box out to her car, the cane swinging on her wrist, spelling out the rhythm of years to come. So this poem is in part an ekphrastic poem in that it describes a painting, Christina's World by Andrew Wyeth, and it's in part an elegiac poem written for my mom. Um, she died from multiple sclerosis, and she was an art teacher and, a, and an artist. So as I say in the poem, um, my mom had hung a picture of this painting behind her desk in her art classroom when we were living in East Texas. And um, even as a kid, I remember thinking about the parallels between the woman and the painting and my mom, who was becoming increasingly isolated as she got sicker and, and in fact, wouldn't be able to teach for that many years. 
Um, and then after she died, I was living in New York and I, I took a day off and went to the Museum of Modern Art and I turned a corner and there was this painting that I had thought about so much as a kid, but had never gotten to see in real life. Um, so the poem like, focuses in particular on the details that jumped out at me in that moment, you know, things that had been lost in the reproduction that I was familiar with or things I had missed as a child. And of course, um, you know, the painting at that moment really spoke even more so to my mom's experience of illness. Um, and also, as, as, as the poem describes, you know, I also experienced the sense of disjunction between what the criticism was saying about the painting and the kind of the blurb alongside the, the painting and my own sense of what Andrew Wyeth was expressing about Christina's experience. Because to me, the painting really shows how illness or disability can isolate you, both emotionally because your daily life is so different from well or able-bodied people, um, and then someone like my mom, in her case, because you're really thinking about mortality in a way that other people aren't. And then there's also just the actual physical isolation um, and not being able to get out and do everything that well and able-bodied people are doing and just spending a lot more time at home. I also um, like that this poem captures something of my mom as an artist and a teacher, these um, two vocations that meant a lot to her. Um, she was definitely not living in an artistic center, and she never aspired to sell her work, but she always considered herself an artist because she was working. So what was important to her was the practice of art and mastering a craft. And in that way, she was just a huge role model for me. And the other way that she was an example was in her perseverance and creating work. So even after she lost the use of her arms, she was still drawing by holding a pencil in her mouth. And, you know, that determination to keep creating art says a lot about her as an individual um, and it also speaks to the importance of artistic expression, um, just to our humanity. And then of course, um, the, the product of that drive can offer so much consolation and empathy for other people. The way, um, this painting offered affirmation to me of my mom's experience and, and must have must have done that for my mom too. For School Dose, I want to read a poem by Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson was the first poet I read and reread on my own, and the first poet who made me want to write poems. Um, I think that some people feel that she's too sophisticated for kids and maybe even a little morbid, which is, I think, what my mom thought. But there are good reasons that she appealed to me when I was young, and um, I think there are good reasons she continues to appeal to kids. So I'm going to read the poem. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves in immortality. We slowly drove, he knew no haste, and I had put away my labor and my leisure too for his civility. We passed the school where children strove at recess in the ring, 
We pass the fields of gazing grain. We pass the setting sun. Or rather, he passed us. The dews grew quivering and chill, for only gossamer my gown, my tippet only tulle. We paused before a house that seemed a swelling of the ground. The roof was scarcely visible, the cornice in the ground. Since then, tis centuries, and yet feel shorter than the day I first surmised the horses' heads were toward eternity. I was about 10 or 11 when I discovered Emily Dickinson, which is about the age when my mom was diagnosed and when I would have been looking at Christina's world. And I really responded to the fact that she was taking on these big themes, like these big mysteries of life, um, in a way that I at least wasn't seeing in the literature I had at that time. Um, but even if my mom hadn't been ill, I, I still think I would have responded to her work. I, I think that kids consider these questions a lot more than some adults give them credit for. Um, like, since I've become a mother, my son is almost four, and um, I've just been struck by how many how many questions he already asks about about death. Um, you know, who's still alive and who's dead in our family, and, you know, he'll ask, so we die, and then we get buried, and then, and then what do we do? Like, I think he's really trying to get his head around what it means, means like, and what, how this whole life thing works and how time works. And I mean, of course, on some level, we, we spend our lives dealing with those questions. Um, you know, so I, maybe it makes sense that we start at a really early age trying to figure it out. Um, but what the, the poem is describing is the moment when we go from immortality from the feeling that we're going to live forever in the first stanza to the understanding that there's an eternity after we die that doesn't include us in the final stanza. And even if children can't grasp all the intricacies of the poem, I think that they can get a sense of the movement of the poem, that the way that it goes from school and the children to the ripe fields to the setting sun. And... Um, you know, I think they can get some sense that in that process, our, our feeling about death is changing. Um, and I, I also remember as a kid really appreciating the drama of her poetry, like all the capitalized nouns and pronouns and the dashes and, you know, how she was playing with the way that the poems look on the page. Um, like, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of drama in Emily Dickinson's poetry that really appeals to kids and maybe especially around that age. Um, and I also remember as a kid in East Texas, I had, I had mostly been exposed to formal poetry. So things that, that rhymed and scanned and, you know, Emily Dickinson kind of plays with that. And it was so exciting to see someone breaking the rules of what I thought poetry needed. Um, and it's kind of remarkable to me that this woman writing in New England in the 19th century would 100 years later still be so exciting and fresh to a girl in East Texas. I can't stand the rain against my window Bringing back sweet memories Yeah, when the rain Thank you. 
All right, everybody. Thank you very much to Ginny for providing us uh, with those two great poems today. She has a chat book called Migration, and it won the 2016 Gold Lion Press Poetry Chapbook Contest. Her poems have appeared in literary journals including Bellingham Review, Spoon River Poetry Review, Southern Humanities Review, Subtropics, and Willow Springs, and in the Anthology of Political Punch, Contemporary Poems on the Politics of Identity. That's from Sundress Publications. She has an MFA from the Michener Center for Writers. And like I said, she's originally from Texas, but now lives with her family in Brooklyn, New York. Two versions today of I Can't Stand the Rain. One from Tina Turner and the original from Ann Peebles. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time on Poetry Dose. Stay dry, but don't forget to get wet. That's the corniest thing I could think of saying. <laughs>